The Evolve Network is now live at evolvenetwork.tv. Subscribe for meal plans, recipes, cooking shows, and our very own The Magic Pill and The Magic Plant, as well as access to my favorite documentaries. The Evolve Network is also home to our full library of podcasts, with new release podcasts airing first and in full on the channel. You can also watch selected vodcasts in a video format. Meanwhile, enjoy this highlight of our podcast and head over to evolvenetwork.tv for the full Evolve podcast experience. The Evolve with Pete Evans podcast is a conversation about my favorite ingredients for a healthy human experience. We take an informed look at topics that include nutritional and emotional well-being as well as expanded consciousness. I love exploring the topics that are not traditionally taught at school and take a deep dive into them with my special guests. I invite you to sit back and come along for the ride with an open mind and heart and please share with your family and friends as these podcasts may just be the seed from which many things will flourish from. Cheers. We've been using Waters Co. water filters for the last 10 years and I wholeheartedly trust my family's health with them. Waters Co. established 1977 have personal and domestic water filters which turns your ordinary tap water into great tasting alkaline ionized mineral water which removes up to 99.9% of fluoride, heavy metals, chemicals and bacteria so you can love your tap water again. The Bio 1000 is the latest edition of the BMP 1000 model and the culmination of over 40 years of experience and research into water filtration by some of the world's leading scientists. Waters Co. was first to market with natural gravity-fed systems, creating alkaline water way back in 1984, and have continued to lead the market in research and development, setting the benchmark for all other brands to follow. Please go to my webpage, PeteEvans.com, to learn more and to receive your special discount from my link on the products page. You're going to love it. We're going to do got it. You got to do got it. <laughs> there we go. Bill, welcome to the Welcome to the podcast, brother. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. <laughs> it's that uh, sneaky technology. It always pops up just when you think you've got it worked out. Uh, yeah, exactly. A Zoom record, it pops up on, for some reason, on our guest's screen. It says, recording is in progress, and you got to press got it. <laughs> you got to play got it or we go into stall mode. I know that. Yep, yep. <laughs> but this you is should see when you're talking to a big audience, if you everybody's got to click it or else they're kicked out. You know, it, it gets ugly out there. I love it. I love it. Now, this is a really interesting coincidence or uh, uh, connection that we've got here because I had, had a guest at my wellness retreat recently and he sat me down and he wanted to talk to me. And he said, have you heard of Bankston's research, Bill Bankston? I said, no, I have not. And he sent me some information. I read it and I was like, this sounds fascinating. And just to g give you a little context here, Bill, is that this podcast was set up a few years ago, maybe four years ago, to explore what it means or what are the tools for long-term sustainable health. Okay. That, that's it. What are the tools that we have and what is the knowledge that we either have currently what is progressing for the future and perhaps what has been lost through the ages that we can right. implement as human beings, either individually or collectively to improve our health or bring us back to a state of homeostasis. Right. And 
I was reading a little bit of your work and I thought, I've got to get Bill on here to have a chat about his research. And, and I know you make a, a caveat or a claim that you are a researcher. So first and foremost, what is it that you research, Bill, and why do you research this in particular after so many years of being an academic? Yeah, I mean, I've been doing the research for like 107 years. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's I'm getting, I'm getting tired. <laughs> you look, you look great, mate. Give me some, give me yeah. some of that. You got it. Healthy, healthy living. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually 192. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> uh, well, the, the reason is, is kind of a series of coincidences. Many, 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 many years ago, uh, this is literally true. This is, oh, we're pushing 50 years now. Uh, so like 50 years ago, uh, I ran into a guy I was lifeguarding um, who claimed he was a psychic. And I said, well, let me test you, you know, who believes this stuff, you know, and I got to test it. And I couldn't beat him. It was it was it was the craziest thing. So it was just like uh, he, he was good, you know, and then he, he, he naturally and spontaneously morphed into a healer. And he found that out by when he was giving readings on stuff. So he'd hold something of somebody's and then he'd start to get impressions and this, that, and the other thing. And his stuff was really uh, pretty remarkable. But then he started to, the readings turned into healing readings. And so he would pick up symptoms of the person uh, by holding stuff that they had. And they were claiming that they were getting better. And he didn't believe this. And I didn't believe this. I mean, nobody believed this. And I, I was going around with a, a chronic bad back in pain virtually all the time, you know, not flopping the floor pain, but I, you know, I was uncomfortable. Uh, probably there's a boatload of people out there who have chronic bad lower back pain, you know, that kind of thing. And I'd actually had to give up a swimming scholarship in college because of that. I was a butterflyer and you got to be able to arch your back when you do butterfly, you know, and after about a hundred meters, uh, it wouldn't work anymore. So, you know, crud happens and you move on. Um, anyway, th this guy was telling me a story about one of the readings he had recently done, and I was sitting there in pain. And I thought, you know, you're, a, you're an idiot. I said, so, chump, put your hands on my back. And he said, and then what? And I said, I don't know, fix it. So he put his hands on my back, and he said, now what do I do? I said, just shut up and do it, you know, just stop whining. Uh, so, so he put his hands on my back, and I felt like I was being Novocaine. And then Novocaine wore off from the outside in, and I haven't had a back pain since. Damnedest thing. I mean, and you're talking to a skeptic. So the damnedest thing. So I had, I was kind of forced into a, what do I do with this? You know, and so door number one, the safe route would have been, let's pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> let's never mention this again. You know, let's keep it a secret. Or two, what the hell just happened to me? And so for better, for worse, who knows? Well, time will tell, but for better, for worse, I decided to see if I could figure out what in heaven's name just happened to me. And so we started to watch, and I started to watch him put his, and I started dragging him around, putting his hands on this, putting his hands on that. And people started to come to him then, and he had this little thing going, and more and more bodies came. And I started to watch, uh, and then I started to help him. Uh, like, what's going on? What happens if I do this? What happens if we do it together? What happens, you know, all, all, all that kind of stuff. And so we started out and I watched a few hundred people get treated. 
And it wasn't it wasn't miraculous. I mean, it was sometimes it was miraculous, but it wasn't instantaneous fixes like I had experienced. But there looked like there were some patterns going on. So some things responded to healing, some things didn't, and some things not so much. So it's not you know wave the magic wand and everything it becomes you know birds chirp and harps play and you know all that stuff. Uh, it wasn't that at all. There, there were conditions which we were very good at. And there were conditions which we were very bad at. And so, for example, very good. Uh, the most obvious was cancer. Uh, we were very good at cancer. We were very good at, at malignancies. And the more aggressive, the faster they went away. Benign growths, no. Benign growths didn't seem to respond. So it, it was a standing joke, but this is real. He couldn't affect warts. If you had a cancerous tumor, we're good to go. If you had a wart, we'd flop on the floor in fear. Uh, wouldn't work. And so we, I watched a few hundred of these cases, and people would come in, do the, 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 the unorthodox treatment, and then this would happen, that would happen. And I, and I pretty soon realized, and by soon I mean over the course of certainly more than a year, I, as I watched hundreds of people get treated and I, I started to watch the patterns, I couldn't figure them out. I, I, I didn't know what the reason was. I mean, I had experienced something myself, but if someone comes in, you know, with a particular disease, you don't know when they got it. You don't really know what it was. You don't, re you know, and you, it's all self-report data. So I feel better. I feel worse. The pain is, you know, like this. And let's say someone comes in and says, uh, well, I came here last week, you did your, your shtick on me, and now I feel much better this week. Well, I started in my skeptical way to, to wonder, what did that? I mean, how do, you, how do you unravel it? Was it the person? Was it time? Was it the vitamin they had? Was it the grapefruit they skipped? You know, I mean, how do you unravel clinical cases? And, and the answer was, you can't. You know, uh, so when, when you're dealing with any art, and I would include uh, virtually all of medicine as an art. You have clinical cases which you try this, you try that, take this, drink this, eat this, you know, exercise that. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but you never really know, you can't put your finger on, it was the cucumber. <laughs> so instead of a cucumber, it was the healing. Maybe it was the healing. I mean, you know, if someone's uh, dying of a tumor and that now that it's gone, it, it's pretty suggestive. So so I, 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 I was watching this and watching hundreds of people, you know, get treated for this and that and trying to unravel it. And I realized I didn't have the, the brain power to unravel it and make any sense of it. I mean, not really. And, and I later found out nobody has the brain power to unravel, unravel clinical cases. And so I, 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 I met a guy there who became a very close friend, also an academic, and worked at City University of New York. And we started to complain to each other about not going forward with this. Nothing was really happening other than we were watching pretty interesting things. But someone comes in, hocus pocus, so they get better and they leave. So what? What do you do with that? What do you learn? And the answer is you don't learn hardly anything. So I said, the only way we're going to try to unravel this stuff, because it's seriously interesting, is to uh, take it into the lab. And so we started up some lab work at City University of New York, which has now been replicated in whole six different medical schools, four different biology additional departments. I mean, I've been all over. I just finished some research in Tokyo. 
Uh, I got research at various Brown University, various places in the States. But this is all, all broke, broke out from that. And we said, we, what we need is an airtight case. We need something that has no viable counter hypothesis. You can't say, I think it was the grapefruit. You know, I think it was the multivitamin. Or finally, you ate something healthy. You know, something along those lines. Uh, so we, we went into the lab and under controlled conditions, looked for something that everybody thought they understood. And one thing was a particular mouse model with 100% fatality in a month after having been given cancer. So it's the most studied model. I'm not inventing stuff. It's just any, any oncologist would know this. You, you can get it off the shelf. You can get it from animal lab suppliers. 100% fatality, no mouse, no mouse in over 2,000 studies has ever lived past a month after being injected with this cancer. Not one mouse. And so you get a shape that looks like a nice normal curve, and then you do whatever you're going to do, and then you want to see if the curve changes and could anybody get the mice to live, you know, longer, closer to a month or something like that. We said, perfect, give us, give us this mouse model that everybody knows about. And we'll, it, we'll do it exactly the way it's done in the literature. And we'll do it exactly the way it's routinely done in, in, uh, in biology labs. And we'll simply introduce a single variable. What happens if we try to heal those mice? Simple question. And what happened was the tumor started to grow anyway. Mice were injected with cancer by fully practicing biologists. This was their day job. Mice are prepared with cancer. We start treating, and treating means putting our hands around the cage. And the tumor started to grow. I thought it was failing. And my heartless friend said, do it a couple more days. I said, but it doesn't work. You know, give me a break. A couple more days, and the tumor got bigger. He said, it's not working. A couple more days, tumor got bigger. A couple more days, tumor got bigger. Monster, ugly distortions on the mice. And then suddenly, and I mean suddenly, the entire tumor collapsed and the mice were cured. They weren't remitted, they were cured. They were cured and what cured means is they don't have a suppression of symptoms. There's no sign they ever had cancer anymore. And it's more than that, we re-inject them with cancer and they can't get it again. Once a mouse has been treated, it can't get cancer again. Now that's reasonably interesting. And so what I said is, well, I don't believe this crap, even though I just did it. <laughs> Let's do it again. So we, we, we did it again, got the same result, took it to a different place, got the same result, took it to a different place, got the same result. I just finished my 19th and 20th mouse experiments on cancer in Tokyo. But now I'm not looking to see if healing happens. I'm looking to see what the correlates of healing might be. What are the things that enhance or detract but we have hundreds and hundreds of mice cured. We have hundreds and hundreds of people cured. And then we start to branch out into other more interesting questions like. I really hope you enjoyed the first half of this podcast. If you'd like to listen to the rest, please visit evolvenetwork.tv. That's evolvenetwork.tv. I'll see you there. The information, views and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute nutritional, medical or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences and conclusions. Nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose, 
treat, cure, or prevent any medical condition. Neither Pete Evans nor any sponsor endorse any views, opinions, or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast. <laughs>